enough love for my wife and for my kids and for my two best friends and, and my old dog Rover and even Pastor Terry. He's a pretty nice guy, but Lord, I don't have enough love for that particular person or those persons that's outside my social, emotional, or even spiritual comfort zone. You know those people that worship kind of weird like. Welcome to New Life. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. Thank you so much for turning us on. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to continue the back half of a teaching that we began on our last edition. It's one titled, The Comfort Zone. The Comfort Zone. We've been asking you, are you comfortable where you are spiritually. Now listen, if you're a part of the church, you're a part of the body of Christ, I want you to know and understand this. When the church becomes comfortable, so do sinners. Let me do that one more time. When the church becomes comfortable, so do the sinners. And church, we can't afford that. It's an eternally horrible thing to consider that those who are not born again, those who are not followers of Christ, have just gotten comfortable with that fact. We have to do something about that. They're not going to like it. You know, when someone is comfortable and you poke them a little bit, they don't like that. But ultimately, the results are well worthwhile. I want to read, uh, actually our text passage is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, but I want to read an additional passage that we're going to get into uh, very shortly into this particular or this uh, part of the teaching. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just a couple of verses, and it goes this way, chapter 5, verse 19. I'm reading from the contemporary English version. And He has given us the work of sharing His message about peace. He has given us that work. Look at verse 20, the first part of the verse. We were sent to speak for Christ, and God is begging you to listen to our message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this edition of New Life, and I pray that by your word you would speak to the hearts of each and every one. Lord, come alive by your word just now. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Find a traditional church house. Oh, that was a stretch for me. I didn't know God could show up outside a traditional church house. I'm here to tell you. He can. Did you know? I, I say, boys and girls, did you know that you worship outside a traditional church house every single Sunday? I had a conversation with Chris this week. Chris works for Rainbow Restorations. By the way, we almost had the great flood of 2021 Wednesday night. You may not have known that, 
Uh, but we had to scurry because this building flooded Wednesday night. And we, it was something. Uh, it was actually put back together about 10 o'clock Friday night so that we could have youth uh, rally yesterday. Give the Lord praise and glory for that. But I was talking with Chris from Rainbow Restoration. I said, uh, by the way there, brother, do you attend church anywhere? And we started talking about that. He's a fine-looking young man. I said, you know, you don't see too many churches with a basketball goal in their sanctuary. <laughs> in fact, I'd suggest you probably can't find another. We do. And you, Man, if you were here yesterday, I'm telling you, that's what this place was built for, Brother Jeff. Did you get blessed yesterday seeing them youngins run around this building you built? Isn't that absolutely incredible? It's incredible. But boy, that was a stretch back in the day. It was a faith stretcher. I want to encourage you this morning to be on the lookout for opportunities to have your faith stretched. Not it just accidentally happens every now and then, but keep your eyes, your spiritual eyes open for such opportunities. Second thing I want to throw at you this morning, are you willing to be stretched with regards to loving others? Are you willing to be stretched with regards to loving others? I want to offer this to you this morning, whoever you are, more than likely the primary place where God has purpose to stretch you is right here. This is where he's going to stretch you most. Listen to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. I've got my, I have my reference right. It's not John 3.16. We all know that, but 1 John 3.16. It's always kind of fascinated me how those two kind of go hand in hand. But here's what it says. This is how we know what love is. You want to know what love is? Say yes. Oh, here it is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's love. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. What version you reading there, Pastor T? I've never seen that in there before, Pastor T. Listen, if you've never seen that in there before, then you haven't been reading the Bible because it's in there. Will you consider this? This is number four on your study notes. To love is to risk. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody's love has been challenged this week. To love is to risk. It is. And to love uh, strangers is to risk greatly. Oh, it is. And will you be reminded that love is a verb? It's not just a thought. Look, see if you can tell me what I'm thinking right now. I was thinking I love you, but you would rather hear it. Can I get an amen right there? Mm -hmm. Love is a verb. It's action. It's commitment. Action. When you tell somebody I love you, what you're saying is I'm committed to you. Young people, are you listening? Please do not confuse love and lust. Lust means I want something from you. Love means I'm committed to you. Whew. Romans 5 and 8 says this. Look at this. But God demonstrates his own love. He wasn't just up there in heaven thinking that he loved us to leave us to wonder, but he demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were estranged from him, he reached out and pulled us in. Hallelujah. Now listen, whether 
I'm going to say explicit or implicit for a lack of a better way of saying it. At some time, Jesus had to convey to the Father, hey, I'll go to the cross for those unworthy sinners like old Pastor Terry, knowing that some of them will sneer at my sacrifice. But many will yield to my sacrifice of love. So watch this. Jesus left his comfort zone of heaven and he came to earth in order to be stretched for you, for you. Look at the latter part of that verse again. 1 John three sixteen. we ought to lay down our lives. God demonstrated this. He showed us how to do this. He even through Holy Spirit gives us agape, a supernatural love, showed us how to demonstrate this. Listen to me, New Life. Is it possible that God is opening doors for us uh, it, individually and corporately opening doors for us to move beyond our comfortable, cozy, intimate relationships with each other into unexplored or unfamiliar territory? Is that possible? You ever give that any thought? Perhaps even territory where our ability to love will be so overwhelmed that we'll have to go before God in prayer. Oh no, pastor, is it that serious? That we have to go before God in prayer and we say, dear God, I'm out of love, help. Do you have any idea how much love God has? You won't exhaust it. You won't exhaust it. You can exhaust mine. In fact, I'm wanting to smack a couple of you right now. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You can exhaust my love, but you will never. Will y'all be quiet? Because <laughs> Susie, tell him we're in church. You will never exhaust God's love. Say amen right there. Lord, I have enough love for my wife and for my kids and for my two best friends and, and my old dog Rover and even Pastor Terry. He's a pretty nice guy, but Lord, I don't have enough love for that particular person or those persons that's outside my social, emotional, or even spiritual comfort zone. You know those people that worship kind of weird-like. Listen to Luke 6.32. This is found in the Bible. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Hmm. Are you willing to be stretched with regards to your Christian witness? Fill in number five with me. Watch this. If, you're, if your faith is stretched and your love is stretched by the holy, righteous God of creation, when that happens, you will become a witness. Faith plus love equals a witness. Are you willing to be stretched in that regard, I trust that you are. Listen to this. Does it bother you? Does it bother us when we hear about an unbeliever uh, passing into eternity without any hope of eternal life? Passing into eternity without Jesus? Does that bother you? It tears me up. 
Does our spirit, watch this new life, does our spirit begin to groan when we see ungodly and immoral activities being engaged by our peers? You young people in particular, will you listen to this? When you see that happening, are you tempted to join them or rather help them discover a better way? Church, we know of a better way than all the nonsense that's taking place out there in the world. Holy Spirit impressed upon me. This might come out sideways because it's hot off the press, but during our prayer time this morning, the Lord really impressed upon my heart. It's not that we can't do the things that the world does. God has something better for us than those things that the world does. God wants us to have life in that more abundantly. The world wants you to go to hell with them. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, contemporary English version. Listen to this. And he has given us the work of sharing his message about peace. On down to verse 20. We were sent to speak for Christ. And God is begging you to listen to our message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. Number six on your study notes says something like this. The word of God to the people of God mandates a humble but aggressive lifestyle in terms of evangelism. New Life, please listen to your pastor this includes you, whoever you are, young, old, or somewhere in between. It includes you. The great commission, Matthew chapter 28, part of that says this, verse 19, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Perhaps you're asking who? Everyone say who. I want you to point to your neighbor and say you. Now just keep pointing. Come on. Point to your neighbor and say who, or we'll be here all day. Now, I want you to notice as you're pointing to your neighbor saying you, and what's your neighbor doing? Point back saying you. So that'd be all of us, wouldn't it? Satan's agenda, and trust me when I tell you he has one. It has been adopted by many religious institutions. Listen very carefully. It is of utmost importance that you catch this in this time of history, this time of humanity. Satan's agenda has been adopted by many religious institutions today, and he has effectively taken the bite out of their efforts to bring the world to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, there are denominational bodies, movements, and some people say today they don't even belong to a denomination, but they belong to a movement or a group of people. Uh, you, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but there are denominational bodies who do not believe in being evangelical. Listen to me very clearly. I'm not talking about evangelical politically. I'm talking about evangelical biblically. Now, there are those today that tell us we need to be afraid of that word. Listen, call me stupid Terry from Satspahal. I'm not going to be afraid of anything that's in the word of God, and you on Gellion is in there. Evangelism, being evangelical. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. Now, the current administration 
would disagree with that. Hey, let me tell you this, and I left my telephone over in the office. Do you believe that I sent out a post on that uh, last bastion of hope for conservative evangelical Christians, Facebook? I sent out a post last night to invite the community to come to our service this morning. Do you believe that it was edited? Some little thing popped up about it had to go before some administrator before they could post it. Yeah, happened right here in Ridgeway to me, to your pastor. Has he been telling you this for a long time now? Yeah, get ready. That's not going to get any better. Y'all pray for me now, you hear? Will you consider, I'm, I'm closing. This is my first closing, so just be patient. Will you consider what you end up with? after only one generation of this nonsense of failing to believe in evangelism, after only one generation, my little protege Jimmy did a phenomenal job with this yesterday. What you end up with is a lot of religious liturgy just going through the motions. Come in, find my seat, Sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, pray, go to clearances. <laughs> Much that is, well, before I say that, let me say this. I was about to get ahead of myself. Today, lost is not only viewed as normal, and lost is normal, but many church folks are viewing it as acceptable. It's not acceptable. Lost is not acceptable. Your loved ones, your family members, your work associates, kids, your schoolmates, people that you play whatever with, that you recreate with, it's not acceptable that they are lost. But beloved, here's where I started to go. Much that's called church today is nothing more than a few close-knit friends getting together where they are comfortable to do that, which they find comforting. Hmm? Oh, not us, Pastor. Well, let me run through my little list real quick like. You see how you do. You ready for this? Here's some examples. Oh, boy, we love to sing a few old songs that we know, don't we? But if that worship leader puts another one of them songs up there that I don't know, I'm going to find me another church. Oh, we want to hear a little scripture read which endorses an unbalanced characterization of God and, and his word, whether it's all grace or all wrath. But the all wrath crowd has a hard time getting into any grace and the all grace crowd has a hard time getting into any wrath. Funny people, aren't we? we hear a little prayer. A little prayer that dictates to God what his agenda should be next week. Listen to what the preacher's saying. Does your prayer resemble that, dictating to God what his agenda is supposed to be next week? Here's a novel idea. Lord, here am I. What are you up to? And what do you want me to do? That's not very comfortable, is it? What if he asks you to do something that isn't comfortable? Check it out. He will. I promise. Money back 
can get your dollar back this morning. <laughs> what about these non-convincing and irrelevant collection of religious rhetoric that you hear in so many places that does nothing more than repeat familiar cliches? Don't we get comfortable with that? Hope the preacher preaches on my little thing this morning so I can amen. I'm going to move on. Number seven on your study notes. Beloved, when the church becomes comfortable, guess what? So do the sinners. Sinners should not be comfortable around born-again, spirit-filled people. If sinners are comfortable around you, if I were you, I'd back up and do some sober introspection. There's something wrong when sinners are comfortable around you. I don't mean they don't like you, they don't respect you, but when they're comfortable around you. Is that a stretch for you? You know, it's not our purpose to make people uncomfortable, but rather to serve, watch this, as a positive irritant. I trust I've been that this morning. Well, you've been irritating, and I'm pretty positive about that, do you see, uh, see what's coming up on the screen, clicker? What is, somebody tell me what that is. It's a pearl and a happy oyster. You know about the, uh, the, the pearl, how the pearl is formed? I have been told that it's formed as a result of an oyster getting a piece of sand under its tongue, <laughs> for a lack of a better way of saying it. The only thing that I can compare it to is I love popcorn. I eat a bag nearly every night of my life. Low cholesterol popcorn, by the way. But uh, I eat it and, and, and inevitably end up getting one of those popcorn husks on one of my tonsils. And you know what's coming. Not once have I harked up a pearl, but I keep trying. <laughs> Hey, listen. <laughs> what's, what's that on your Mother's Day necklace? Oh, it's a popcorn husk. Terry harked it up. Get Sister D one of them. It'd be cheaper than what I bought her. I can guarantee you that. Listen. The need of the hour is for us to become like that grain of sand in the life of our unbelieving friends and neighbors. You mean when our unbelieving friends and neighbors see us coming, they are supposed to go, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Hopefully that irritation can result in a pearl of great price being formed in their life. Are you being stretched? Is your faith being stretched? Are you being stretched in terms of love? Is your love being stretched? Your witness, your witness being stretched? Can you pray with me this morning? And I've had to pray this even today. Lord, I'm willing to be stretched. Can you pray that way? I'm willing to be stretched. Or Lord, at, at least influence me to be willing to be stretched. I want to want to. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there, and I want to do so by asking you this. Am I, are we being a positive irritant? <laughs> that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? 
Are we being a positive irritant in terms of reminding our lost family members, our lost friends, our lost work associates? There are many of you listening that are still in school. You have classmates, you have teachers, you have administration. Are you being a positive irritant in their life to this extent? that you're reminding them that God has a plan for their life, that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus has come, that they might have life and that more abundantly, and they need to acknowledge that. Sometimes you have to keep poking, folks, and you have to be uh, led by the Spirit in this regard and certainly have to be gracious, and I believe that. And I trust that, uh, that we do those things. You have to be patient, and the Holy Spirit will help you with this. But we also have to be determined. There's a spiritual side, but there's a side where we just have to say, you know what, I've got to be determined to do that which God has purposed me to do, to remind people that there is an eternity, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I want to be an encouragement to you, whoever you are. That's why I'm here, is to put courage into you, literally to put courage into you to do that which God has called and purposed for us to do. Listen to me, regardless of your spiritual gifts, and there's about 27 of them listed in the Bible that I can point out to you. Regardless what your gift is, it's all to come together to form us, to shape us into the body of Christ toward the end of us being a witness for Christ, to witness of that which we know. I've been born again, I've been spirit-filled, and I want to witness to you about that, help you understand that this is something that God has purposed for you as well. I can almost hear it now. There's somebody out there thinking, Apostate, that's for you, but that's not for me. Hey, it is for you. Jesus came that whosoever, whosoever, he went to the cross for everyone, every man, woman, boy, and girl, that ever has been, is, or ever will be born. God's design and desire for you is that you are born again, that your sins might be forgiven so that you can join Him and live with Him throughout all eternity. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? And beloved, it's not just about the sweet by and by. There's also help in the stinking now and now. And that's what this program is all about, is to help you know and understand that. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been born again, maybe you don't even know what that is, get a hold of a copy of the Bible, turn to John chapter 3, and begin to read that, and read it, and read it, and read it, until it sinks in, being born again. Jesus says some very strong things about being born again. It's imperative that you understand this if you intend to spend eternity with God at some point in time. That is my prayer for you. Father, I pray for each one listening in right now, in particular those that have not been born again. Perhaps they don't even know that language. Speak to their hearts. I pray, Lord, that they would find a Bible and they would turn to these books and they would know and understand your perfect plan for their life. We ask, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you have some questions about things that we've talked about here, in particular when I'm talking born-again language or spirit-filled language, there's a website right there. You can contact us through that website. We'd love to hear from you. I have mentioned several times in the last few moments for you to go to your Bible. Maybe you're saying, hey, Pastor, I don't own a Bible. Give us a call. We have bukus of them here. Uh, and that's a few more than a gob, by the way. 
We would love to put one in your hands, and I'm not kidding you. Give us a call, and we'll try to put that in your hands. I'm going to have to get out of here. Before I do, I want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. In-person worship, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And then we all come back together again Wednesday night for Family Ministries Night. That's 7 o'clock on Wednesday evening. We'd love to see you. I've got to get out of here. My time is completely gone. I want to remind you, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back?